0: Welcome to the Cody Felger podcast, a podcast dedicated to talking Colts football. Here is your host, Cody Felger.
1: Welcome back to the Cody Felger podcast with me Julian Rosen. Julian, it's been a while, man. How you doing?
0: I'm doing pretty well, man. Uh, Just got summer here, Uh, hopefully some summertime weather here in Michigan, so just enjoying the cool breeze and excited that the Colts are um, back in action at OTAs.
1: Absolutely. The Colts started OTAs on Tuesday. Uh, A couple takeaways from it now. Uh, The first off is kind of not really big big news, but... When it involves your franchise quarterback, it's big news. Andrew Luck, it was a non-participant on Tuesday and Wednesday uh, with a calf, and Frank Reich is adamant that it's precautionary, um, but nonetheless, uh, it would be nice for Andrew Luck to be on there, uh, be on the field, but you know, it's not really a big deal, I think, for, for Luck and company, but Uh, The Colts now have four QBs on their roster, actually. Um, A couple days ago, they signed quarterback um, Chad Kelly. Uh, I think he's actually the nephew of Jim Kelly, former Bill's great quarterback. Um, I'm curious, before we get into OTAs, what can Chad Kelly bring to this Colts quarterback room? What's intriguing about him to you, Julian?
0: Um, Yeah, you know, this was a guy who uh, was kind of highly touted out of high school, all-American, of course, as most of these guys are. (laughs) Uh, but he, um, you know, I, I think he could bring a little bit of um, a little bit of a new energy to the quarterback room. And I think the thing that most Colts fans are talking about and what I wanted to get from you and uh, your read on it, Cody, is this could be a little bit of a signal that Chris Ballard's open to trading Jacoby Brissett at some point down the line.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, potentially, I think. But I also think it's it's a it's a kind of this is kind of how I view it, I guess. Um, so you got. You know, you got Jacoby Brissett right now, who's going to be your backup quarterback um, for this year at least. Um, But his contract's up after this year. And so I think what the Colts are doing, and I think it's very smart, is they're bringing guys in who have loads and loads of potential. Um, Like Chad Kelly, I know people have commented and I've seen different things on his arm strength. And so um, the Colts must really like that. And, uh, you know, since Jacoby Brissett, uh, his contract, like I mentioned, is up after this year um you know ballard has expressed his love for jacoby Brissett, his love for having him on the team but also with that love he also realizes that Brissett's a competitor he's a guy who wants to get a starting job somewhere or compete for a starting job somewhere and simply with the colts it's not going to happen unless andrew luck um you know knock on wood lay andrew luck stays healthy um it's not going to happen in reality probably for jacoby Brissett, and so I look at it as giving guys like Chad Kelly, guys with loads of potential, uh, time to develop. And uh, time, it's like they don't immediately have to be thrust into that backup role, per se, this year. You know, They can take time to develop on the practice squad. So um, if, if and when Ballard lets Jacoby Brissett walk next year, and the Colts should get a compensatory third or fourth round pick for it next year. Uh, but anyways, when he does let him walk the Colts will have a guy that they can just they feel comfortable with um jumping in to be the backup quarterback for Andrew Luck so that's kind of my take on it it's kind of my take on the Chad Kelly signing it's a guy who's had plenty of character concerns we're not gonna we're not gonna um it's, it's certainly something that that's an issue but definitely I think that he has a lot of potential and the Colts see that in him and um for next year, for sure, um, he definitely has a chance. You know, if he stays clean, if he if he cleans up his act a little bit, to be Andrew Luck's backup, maybe for now and for the foreseeable future.
0: Yeah, and it's definitely something they want to develop now. Um, especially if Brissett leaves for other opportunities, um, there are a few teams I'm sure that would love to have Brissett as somebody competing for the starting job down the line. Or, I mean, he's a probably one of the best backups uh, in the NFL especially with, you know, a few QBs that are a little bit more on the injury-prone side um, these days and, you know, getting banged up and guys getting older and not. So, um, you know, I could see even a team like the Saints maybe bring him in as, you know, as their, as their uh, you know, the prodigy Drew Brees or, you know, anything like that. There's just a lot of availability. I think there's going to be a lot of opportunity for Brissett in the market next offseason. So I definitely agree with that. It'll be interesting to see what happens there. Uh, Cody, the next thing I want to talk about – kind of the hot buzz of the week for the colts is uh, gerald mccoy mm.
1: um
0: the defensive tackle of uh, the buccaneers uh it seems like the colts are interested what's your take on that
1: yeah i definitely think age is definitely uh potentially a concern i don't think that mccoy is the disruptor he was you know four five six years ago um but i think as far as the character goes i think he's a perfect fit um kind of looking at all the different takes on it all the people will agree that gerald mccoy is a class act he's a great guy in the locker room and you look at that colt's defensive interior um and you, you know there, there's some players there you got a Marcus hunt you got a deniko autry you know you got a Tyquan lewis who should be healthy this year um but other than that they don't you know you got i guess you got grover stewart as well but who hasn't really shown a ton so you don't have a lot of Proven guys who have done it like Gerald, like A guy with the pedigree of Gerald McCoy So I think that You know the Colts are in on it right now You know they're one of the teams that are rumored to be Interested in him but I think I think it would be good for depth standpoint. I think if I, if you had to make me pick and choose um, a position on the team and specifically on the defense that is maybe lacking a little bit in depth, it would be that interior defensive line. So I think signing a guy like McCoy, who I believe he's 30, 31. So sign into a couple years contract. I think he's a guy that can definitely bring a lot to the Colts and, you know, maybe if production falls off a little bit, um, he, he can also help mentor those young guys like the Tyquan Lewis's, um, even even the guys like Kimoko Ture, those type of guys who are pass rushers and kind of help them with their craft. And so um, I think it could be a good signing for the Colts, but I'm kind of either way on it because I understand um, you know kind of the regression with age and stuff. So, um, But if you had to make me choose, I would say the Colts should sign him um, if given the opportunity, if given the chance.
0: Yeah, I lean that way as well, Cody. I I agree pretty much with everything you said. Uh, I think it would be a similar contract to Justin Houston's. Two years, um, kind of like a moderate, nothing crazy, nothing incredibly high per year, but a pretty solid contract for a veteran defender, just like Houston, who has proven it um, and is a high-character guy. Uh, I think it would give Iberflus another chess piece, uh, just another body that he can rotate in uh, with Ture, with Margus Hunt, with uh, Danico Autry along that defensive line. And I think really the biggest priority and the reason the Colts are interested is because adding depth and the front seven uh, has been a huge priority. You know, you saw it with Banigou and Bobby Okereke and adding Justin Houston and re-signing Marcus Hunt. Uh, so I think McCoy would just add more solidarity, uh, depth, and a little bit more uh, tenacity to that front seven, which is already blossoming into, I think, one of the, one of the stronger front sevens, uh, at least young up-and-coming groups uh, in the AFC. Uh, you know, with Leonard and with the two rookies that we drafted, and Anthony Walker and Hunt and Jabal Sheard, it's a, it's a really solid group coming in for 2019.
1: It really is, and and kind of looking at you no know, going back to the OTAs a little bit, kind of looking at the players who missed a little bit of time, um, who we kind of expected to miss a little bit of time. You got Dion Kane, Ross Travis, Darius Leonard, Jack Doyle on Monday, and then Tuesday you got Penny Hart, Clayton Gathers, Chris Milton, Eric Ebron, and Jabal Sheard. And so the Colts have quite a few guys who are on the mend from injuries uh, last year, whether major or minor. You know, they're they're wanting to take the most precautions that they can. Um, but another thing that's interesting is some of the guys who are active um, in OTAs. you got T.Y. Hilton, who, as we know, last year suffered the high and low ankle sprain in Week 14 against the Texans. Um, but he played through it, um, put up some incredible numbers considering the injury he was facing. Um, but I think he had to take a couple weeks off there. Uh, And he looks like he's a full full go and also a guy uh, who is is a very intriguing player, another wide receiver. Marcus Johnson was also active. Um, You know, Johnson, you may remember last year, I think he was traded to the Eagles for uh, Daryl Daniels uh, tied in that the Colts had last year. Um, And I think he kind of showed some flashes before he went out in that New York Jets game. I think that was the game he got injured. Um, where he tore, tore a ligament on his right ankle. He, he had two catches over 52 yards and a touchdown. I think that was kind of his coming out game a little bit, and I think he could have done more damage. Um, but he's another guy, and I think he's kind of right there in the mix, Julian, for that number four, number five, and potentially number six wide receiver group there. There's a couple guys. Um, there's going to be a big competition for it. Um, and uh, more guys who are also um, a little bit injured, which I think is interesting. I want to get your take on on these guys really fast here. Um, you got Malik Hooker, who's fully participating in OTAs, and you also got Matthias Farley, who, if you remember Farley from last year, uh, I think he got injured. I think he got injured in that Patriots game. I can't remember which game he got injured, but he was injured pretty early on into the year. But um, a year year previous to that, I thought he he showed some things for you and is good reserve safety there for the Colts and then Malik Hooker um something that I found really really interesting Julian about Malik Hooker was for the first time since he's been drafted by the Colts this is the first time he's participated in OTAs first time he's really participated in the spring um and it's very very interesting because you know you got coming out of college I think he had that that uh torn labrum, and he also had a hernia surgery uh, coming in when the Colts drafted him, so he wasn't available until later on. And then last year, um, that this time, he was still recovering from that ACL tear. And so for the first time this year, Malik Hooker is actually able to participate in this stuff, which I wanted to get your take. How valuable do you think these reps are this early on for a guy like Malik Hooker?
0: Uh, I think it's... just a really good sign, really good omen, uh, especially for your center fielder in such a pass happy, um, conference, you know, an AFC when we really break it down, uh, having him out there and working with some of these younger guys, you know, the Kari Willis's and, um, you know, Rocky Asin, you know, both guys who were drafted this year and getting some reps in, you know, as well with Pierre this and, and Quincy Wilson and whatnot. Uh, it's going to be valuable. I think for him, he's definitely had some injury concerns as had gethers, um, um, I, you know, I think at the end of the day, adding depth in all positions, I just mentioned the front seven, but really all along the, uh, the 53-man roster, you can tell depth is something that Ballard values very highly. Um, character, speed, athleticism, depth, these are like the key buzzwords for a Chris Ballard team. We're really starting to discover that, Cody, now that we've had three drafts with this guy. Uh, and that's why you bring in, you know, Kari Willis and, and Rockyason and, and Marvell Tell as well uh, to add this secondary um, but that being said, uh, it is good to have some insurance because, you know, Malik Hooker and Clayton Geathers both have been plagued by injuries. Uh, the odds that they both play 16 games, I would say, is very low, uh, just to be honest, uh, just to be realistic. So, uh, but I think it's good that Hooker's out there early. Um, and, uh, you know, he's really a key piece to that defense. He's kind of the unsung hero, I feel like, of the defense because, you know, he doesn't get sacks and he doesn't get a lot of tackles, but... Uh, he, really, uh, he really limits what um, what most teams that we play can do down the field. So uh, it is good to see him out there. Uh, and a couple other guys, uh, a lot of good reports about Mo Alley-Cox and Devin Funchess and what they're doing. Um, because of the tight end injuries, Mo Alley-Cox has been running with the first team with Brissett. Hilton and Funches and Nelson and all those guys and uh, the reports are that Mo Alley, Cox and Devin Funches are both really <laughs> Impressing in the seven on seven in the uh, 11 on 11 drills so
1: yeah I actually Wanted to touch on that it's funny that that's kind of where I wanted to go to Next looking at good days for Funches, good day for Paris Campbell the Colts second round pick uh, we'll start there and then we'll, we'll Look at Mo Alley Cox. Um, so as you know Funchess formerly out of Michigan um, Played for Carolina for a couple years there he's 6'4 225 and I wanted to read something really fast. I kind of looked at some OTA notes from uh, from the Colts website, from Andrew Walker of the Colts website, talking about Funches. He said he was catching everything thrown his direction, including an impressive 50-50 back shoulder throw from Brissette where he was draped by cornerback Pierre Desir, And then talking about Paris Campbell, he said, he certainly didn't look like a rookie in his first official team practice as he showed off his speed running routes all over the field, including including a nice play out of the slot on a deep slant to the right sideline, hauling a pass in front of safety George Odom. So you see these guys, these two guys, you know, they, they have loads and loads of potential, and already the Colts are seeing that potential and what they can be. And so I'm kind of curious, like, what are your takeaways from these two guys? You know, it's definitely good to see a guy like Funches, for example, um, having a good, good couple of days of OTAs.
0: Absolutely, yeah. The Colts have, uh, I mean, uh, the Colts are going to be coming in with such a revamped wide receiver core if Dion Kane is healthy. I mean, he was really blowing people away uh, at camp. I, I, if you remember this time last year, uh, Cody, all the talk was about Dion Kane, and uh, and now kind of that has translated to Devin Funches and they're both big receivers their physical point of attack um and yeah i wish there was a video of that catch because um you know a lot of guys uh from the colts and deep writers and whatnot are talking about that play over pierre to sear um you know it just seems like um chris ballard had a vision he wanted to add you know a big guy you know a big bodied red zone threat kind of 50 50 ball uh receiver in Funches, and then that speed out of the slot and a guy that can be a gadget player um in paris camp uh, right. i really think the offense is going to be so dynamic I think Frank Reich and Nick Siriani and Andrew Luck are just gonna have a lot of fun uh running wheel routes and uh you know with Naheem Hines and running little button hooks and short bubble screens with Paris Campbell opening stuff up for T.Y. and Ebron and um you know getting Funchess involved as well that's why you mentioned Marcus Johnson earlier you know him and Chester Rogers and Doris Fountain and guys like this are going to be fighting for those peripheral wide receiver spots but if everybody's healthy and all systems go Funchess Paris Campbell, T.Y. Hilton, and Deion Kane uh, looks like the core uh, wide receiver group for the Colts this year, and um, that, that seems like a lot better than what we were going in with uh, last year.
1: Right, and talking about Campbell, I think as you mentioned that the Colts will probably use him as a gadget guy, but Campbell is more than that. I think. I think when you think of Campbell initially, when you hear gadget guy, you kind of think of a smaller guy, you know, T.Y. Hilton type guy, Tyreek Hill type guy, but Paris Campbell, he's not a small guy. I mean, he's six foot two oh five, and so he definitely is. He's not a big, big receiver, but he's not a small receiver by any means. And so um, one thing that I think is interesting about Campbell, and you were mentioning about those other receivers, um, for example, Chester Rogers last year, he kind of made his living on the Colts roster as a punt returner. And we also saw that Paris Campbell was returning punts. So my question to you, Julian, is Uh what could this mean potentially for Chester Rogers if you see a guy like Paris Campbell start returning punts and kicks?
0: I don't think Chester Rogers makes this roster, Cody, to be mm-hmm. honest. Um, I think Marcus Johnson gets that last slot uh, at wide receiver. Um, and I think they're going to go in with the, with five receivers into the season uh, because they're going to have three tight ends, and I think they're going to use Cox, Doyle, and Ebron um, interchangeably. I think Doyle's probably going to be, as long as he's healthy, he's going to lead up the tight ends and snaps probably about 60%. And you'll see Ebron and uh, Mo cox about 30 to 50 Ebron, of course, is going to get a ton of red zone usage. Um, but, yeah, I I just think Paris Campbell is an upgrade over Chester Rogers as far as the skill set. Uh, and I agree, you know, he can definitely be used in gadget plays, I think more so. Uh, that's what I meant. But he, you know, like you said, he's not small by any means. He's sort of middle of the road as far as his height. His quickness is just unbelievable. As a Michigan fan, I remember him just running yard on us and just absolutely terrorizing Uh, what was an elite Michigan defense, you know, Devin Bush, uh, Rashawn Gary, all those guys that were drafted highly in 2019, and he just humiliated them, uh, weaved his way through them. So, uh, you know, basically the way Frank Reich was talking in that uh, Colts draft video that we were just talking about, uh, it's just he's a threat to score anytime he gets the ball, you know. Uh, He's a threat to score when he touches the ball. So you just want to get him involved however you can, whether it's a little dump-off or whether it's a you know a wheel route or a deep slant, however you can. So I'm excited to see what he adds to the offense, and I'm sure Andrew Luck is the happiest of us all.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. One thing that I think is very interesting about Paris Campbell is like I mentioned, like he's not a small guy. Um, you know, he's got the speed to be a burner, but he wasn't really used that way at Ohio State. The thing that's interesting is. You know, the Colts are starting to use that a little bit, and we saw that with, you know, what, what Walker was Andrew Walker was talking about in, in the OTAs. is like, you know, the Colts are starting to use these things and, and, and make Paris Campbell run these routes that he didn't run at Ohio State. And it's interesting because he has the ability to do so. And I think he—he's one thing that's interesting about Paris Campbell is he has the ability to do basically anything, you know? You saw at Ohio State, for example, where it would be a lot of screen passes that just get the ball into his hands and he would go and he would make plays. But he also has that deep threat ability that I think the Colts are wanting to tap into because he's got that elite speed, you know? He was the fastest receiver in the draft, so he's got something there. And I think one thing that, we should really attract the Colts and the Colts should really look into is that deep threat ability of Paris Campbell because he's a big you know he's not a small receiver so he can go up and get some balls for you um, but he also can do a lot of other things in the backfield and you know just getting the ball into his hands type of things and so Paris Campbell is definitely a very very intriguing thing and I can now see why the Colts are so high on him because he can really do everything Julian
0: absolutely his, his versatility um, is going to be such an asset to this offense and, um, you know, I mean, this, um, the, the amount of creativity, I think it's going to open things up uh, for Sirianni and Wright's playbook ultimately, um, as far as especially what they can do in a four-minute offense, a two-minute offense, no huddle. Um, I mean, obviously we're biased because this is our team, and we follow them, you know, night in and, and day in and day out. Um, but that being said, I, I think this is, offense is just going to be absolutely a nightmare for most defenses that we face this year. Um, if they don't have the personnel to really keep, uh, T. Y. Hilton and Paris Campbell in front of them at all times. I mean, covering both those guys on the same play—just uh, imagine—it's really going to be difficult, especially with how creative uh, Frank Reich and Nick Sirianni have proven to be as play callers.
1: Right, and another guy that could potentially be in the mix to to help the Colts' offense out in 2019 is Mo Cox. He he, right now in OTAs with the Colts. You know, three of their four tight ends right now uh, who we think are going to make the roster are out right now with injuries. You know, you got Jack Doyle who suffered that hip injury in the Miami game. Eric Ebron had a minor surgery, so he's out right now. And then Ross Travis obviously got injured last year, and he is out. So Mo Ali Cox right now is a number one tight end. You know, if, if you're not familiar, he's a former basketball player at VCU, and the Colts really liked him for his size and athleticism, and so... Um, Reich was really raving on, on Mo Ali Cox after the first couple days of, of camp here. And he was talking about specifically his, run, his route running improvement. He said that last year, he admitted last year that Mo Ali Cox was really kind of average in his route running ability. And he's really raved about how he's grown in that. And so he, he also said something. Who I th- He also had a quote who I, that I thought was really, really cool, Julian. He said, He's so long, Mo Ali Cox, that is, he's so long and they don't want to tackle him. Um, and so and he also mentioned that the game is kind of slowing down now for 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 Cox because you know he mentioned the tight end position is one of the hardest positions to play in football and so he's, he's saying now mo alley Cox at age 25 he, he's starting to get it the game is really slowing down for him and so I'm curious, what do you think Mo Alley-Cox can bring to this Colts tight end group? You know, I mean, that's got Eric Ebron. He scored multiple touchdowns last year, double-digit touchdowns last year. Got Jack Doyle, who's kind of the jack of all trades, and, and no pun intended. And also, you know, he was a Pro Bowl tight end a couple of years ago. So what can Mo Alley-Cox really bring to this tight end group that they don't have right now?
0: Yeah, um, you know, I, I actually think the Colts have probably the strongest tight end group in, in the NFL, uh, certainly the AFC. Um and just as you mentioned, you know, Jack Doyle is a guy that Luck is very comfortable with. He's been playing with now. This will be probably his fifth season together with Luck, maybe the fourth, because he missed um, 2017, of course. But, um, you know, Ebron proved himself uh, to be the weapon that, you know, Detroit thought he was coming out of the the, the draft five years ago. And Mo Alley-Cox is developing. Um, and, you know, if he can improve his route running, I think that's going to get him on the field more. I think he could play 25 to 35 percent of snaps. Um, and it's just another chess piece for this offense. I mean, you think of all the guys that the Colts can throw at you. We haven't really mentioned Naheem Hines or Dion Kane too much. Mo Alley Cox is another guy. And I think he's going to have um, a few really nice plays in the red zone and on key third down conversions. Uh, you know that it's just a big body. And, uh, you know, if he gets covered by a nickel corner, you know, God save that guy's soul because, you know, if you're having a 5'10", maybe 5'11 slot corner trying to, trying to keep uh, up, vertically with Mo Alley-Cox in the end zone, uh, I'm going to say it's pretty much over uh, at that point. So I'm excited to see what this tight end group can do, if they can stay healthy, Uh, because Doyle's a great blocker, and Ebron is. It was just such a a great tool for luck in the red zone. Um, I think Mo Ali cox can be a nice kind of secondary, tertiary piece to this offense, uh, just like Naheem Hines and uh, Deion Cain can be. So I'm excited to see what he can bring. Um, One more point uh, before I get out of here on you, Cody. Um, So we've talked about a lot of the different position groups. We mentioned safety. We talked about the front seven, uh, and we've talked about the offense. Uh, Definitely got to see how things go in OTAs. Um, But I wanted to know the one position battle that you're most curious to see or maybe the one player that you're most curious about uh, heading into the rest of the offseason programs.
1: Okay, so I'll tell you what. I'm going to do one for offense and one for defense just because there's two position groups that I just really – I love and very, very intriguing to me. So I'll start with offense and I'll start with wide receiver. I think, you know, we, we assume that Deion Kane's going to be that number four, but we don't really know. Uh, you know, you, then you got that number five receiver who I think is going to be very, very interesting. You got tons of guys who could potentially take that. You know, you got Chester Rogers, who the Colts really like. You got Marcus Johnson that we mentioned. Uh, you know, you got a guy like Reese Fountain. Does he make the jump? you know, you got a lot, a lot of guys in there who were very, very intriguing. And so on offense for that wide receiver position, and I'm not going to cop out and say Deion Cain, although he's one that I'm really, really intrigued by. But I think the one that I'm most intrigued by is the guy we already mentioned in Marcus Johnson, just because, you know, he's, he's a guy who I think has a lot of potential and the Colts really like Marcus Johnson a lot. And I think he was starting to kind of understand the offense because let's, let's, let's be real. Like Andrew Luck, you know, last year as good as he was, he still didn't grasp fully the the Colts offense and now I think he's has admitted he's very very comfortable and so, you know, you throw a guy like Johnson who is now going to be in his second year in Reich's system and um, formerly uh, of the Eagles, so he knows Reich's system a little bit. I think that'll definitely help him. Um, so he's a very, very intriguing guy to me just because I think he has a lot of potential and I think he could, he could honestly find himself sneaking onto this Colts roster if he can stay healthy, um, as that number five receiver. And as far as defense goes, um, definitely the corner group is very, very intriguing to me. And it's going to be another thing, um, where I look at kind of the back end of the roster because it's so, there's so much depth with that cornerback group, you know, you know, you have last year, you have Kenny Moore, Pierre Desir. You have Quincy Wilson, then you add Rocky Yassin, you add Marvell Tell, and I mean, that's five guys right there, and then you think, uh, are the Colts going to keep five guys, or are they going to keep six corners? You know, they also have a lot of safeties who I think they like, and so the cornerback group especially is intriguing to me, Julian, and... A guy that I'm very intrigued on who we didn't see last year is Jalen Collins. I think a guy, he's a former second-round pick. You know, he actually was a starter on that defense for the Falcons when they went to the Super Bowl a couple years ago. So I think he has a lot of potential to be a very, very good player for the Colts if he can stay clean and, and just, you know, really live up to his potential. And so he's a guy that I'm really, really intrigued is Jalen Collins, you know, very, very talented guy, but can he live up to that potential and and sneak onto this Colts roster? I guess that's just to be seen.
0: Yeah, definitely. That's a great name to bring up. Uh, Jalen Collins is kind of a forgotten man, um, in limbo right now, uh, because, you know, Colts fans aren't too familiar with him, but yeah, he was in that 2016 Falcons defense with Keanu Neal and Vic Beasley, uh, that were injured last year. So, um, I definitely think he can, um, you know, add some competition and that's another word that Ballard uses a lot, you know, competition, um, you know, guys that can compete and, uh, and push maybe, uh, quote starters or guys that are in that position for roles, you know, and, uh, and really bring the whole, uh, and bring the energy of the locker room and that position group up, um, uh, however possible. So I'm excited to see what Jalen Collins can do. I do like the cornerback group. I really like how it's come along. Um, Chris Ballard has just, I mean, Cody, I don't know if you ever just, like, sit back and just look in amazement at how Chris Ballard has overhauled this roster. I mean, this is a Ballard roster in just three years, you know. Um, It's all guys that he's drafted and that he likes, you know. Um, I I love bringing in Rocky Sin. Love this guy. I think he's going to be, um, maybe not in 2019, but I think down the road he's going to be our ace corner um for the future uh with Pierre and with Quincy and and guys like that so uh that's definitely great I like the wide receiver group as well the one I'm looking at is Anthony Walker and Bobby Okereke I think speaking of competition I think these guys are going to push each other uh they both have a lot of great assets Bobby Okereke has that great length um that um you know Ballard and other scouts and Frank Reich gloat about when they talked about him and and they thought uh it was a they thought it was a gift that he landed to them in the third round. Some people had him going late second, uh, the linebacker out of Stanford. So I'm really interested to see what he can do. Uh, he was actually probably my favorite draft pick. I think him and Paris Campbell, as far as the value of where we got them. Uh, some people had Campbell going early second. Some people had Okariki going late second. Uh, so I'm curious to see what Bobby and Anthony Walker um, in that linebackers group next to you know Darius Leonard and That might move Ben around and guys like that. But uh, I'm curious to see... The competition and the battle and camp between those two.
1: Yeah, one thing I wanted to add about uh, you mentioned Ben Banagoo. He actually was playing a little bit of the edge on the at the defensive end position, and so that I think is very very intriguing to see a guy like him. You know, who at TCU that's primarily what he did was rush the passer and play end, and so it'll be interesting to see how the Colts use him. He's a very very versatile player. I think if you had if you say like a guy like Naheem Hines or Paris Campbell is kind of your gadget guy in offense, I think a guy like Ben Banagoo is definitely a gadget guy on defense. You you know, he can line up different positions, do different things for you. And he's very, very productive. And so very, very big, very, very long, like the Colts like. And so it'll be intriguing to see how the Colts use him in 2019. Well, Julian, I think that's all the time we have today, man. Thank you so much for just being on here and talking about Colts OTAs. Um, it'll be definitely interesting to see whenever the Colts, you know, come together for training camp, how some of these position battles play out.